0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. As always, shout out to my executive producer, Andre Suttles, Suttles Solution Media, helping to make this podcast possible. And I'm excited to hop into today's episode. We have professional boxer Mike Lee sitting with us today. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks, Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you, man, and for our our listeners of the podcast, watchers on YouTube who might not be boxing fans and might not have heard of you, don't take offense, but why not introduce yourself really quick?
1: Oh, of course. Um, So yeah, like you mentioned, my name is Mike Lee. uh, I'm 21-1. I'm a former professional boxer. I actually uh, just decided to retire this year and focus on my health, but um, had a really long career, made it to number three in the world, uh, fought won a few junior world titles, uh, just fought for the world title, uh, at the MGM grand in Las Vegas last year, uh, in front of thousands of people. Um, so, you know, had a, a beautiful journey and then ended up co-founding a company, uh, called soul CBD, um, that helps people with anxiety and sleep and pain and all these things that I dealt with throughout my career. So, uh, it's been a wild journey, man. Um, yeah. had, had a lot of fun in and out of my career. Yeah, man, and I
0: I love. There's so many in that that I want to hop into, and um, I I love where you've been, I love where you're at, I love where you're going. Uh, one question when it comes to to boxing is when did you first pick up the gloves? When did you first fall in love with the sport, and what was that journey like for you, man?
1: Yeah, I first picked up the gloves when I was about eight years old. I remember my my father. I was born and raised in Chicago, and my dad was you know a tough guy from you know inner city Chicago, and just wanted. I don't know, maybe toughened me up. He was kind of an old school kind of kind of dude and brought me into a gym. And my first day threw me in the ring with a 10-year-old, <laughs> a kid two years older than me who had already boxed. And I'd never boxed before. I just got a couple fights like on the playground kind of a thing. And um, I got my butt kicked, man. <laughs> I spent three rounds just getting tossed around. I ended up going to the bathroom. I remember crying, more so because I was embarrassed. And uh, my dad walked in the bathroom and I remember him saying like, son, I've never been more proud of you in my life. And I'll never forget that moment because he told me he was proud of me that I didn't quit. And honest to God, I think this day sitting here, I think that ideology of don't quit and me wanting to, as a little kid, get love from my dad and showing him I'll never quit. You know, I'll keep pushing forward. And even though I was getting beat up, I didn't say stop. You know, I kept pushing through. I think that ideology was instilled in me right there in that bathroom at eight years old when I was sitting there with a bloody nose crying. Um, And, you know, so my first experience of boxing, I hated to be honest, but um, I was always addicted to competition, man. I I think no matter what, I was addicted to uh, working really hard at something, getting better, getting better. And, um, you know, boxing gave that for me. So I, I really, I got back into the ring at 15 years old. I stepped aside from boxing for a while and then really found the love for it at 15. And my career started taking off. I, I won the Chicago gloves. I got signed by top rank. Next thing you know, I'm 10 and 0, 12 and 0, 20 and 0. Um, you know, I'm on Super Bowl commercials, getting featured on national TV, big fights. Um, it was an incredible ride, but I think For me, ultimately, the love came from competition. Mm -hmm. Um, It came from competition more so than boxing in and of itself. Uh, Boxing was just a vehicle for me to find a way to have identity and purpose and to compete. Yeah. Where
0: along that path? Because I think there's a lot of us who, um, for lack of a better way of saying it, maybe dabble in a lot of different things. And you hear all the time, oh, they have talent in this, talent in that where along that path did you start realizing, hey, this isn't just talent. This is hard work, dedication, and it's actually something you can make a career out of. Because I know a lot of people who've been professional boxers, jujitsu jitsu fighters, and they never get to that level. How did you know this was something that could take you there?
1: Yeah, you know, I think some of the things I had, my strength, my speed, my hand-eye coordination was innate, it was things I was born with. But a lot of it was really worked on. It was, you know... And there wasn't like an aha moment for me. It, I started getting a lot better from, uh, I'd say, about 17 to 20 years old. That's when I started fighting like in the gloves um, and in tournaments and in pro camps. And I remember once um, I got invited to train uh, with Kelly Pavlik's trainer in his pro camp. And at the time, Kelly Pavlik was middleweight champion of the world. He was an idol of mine. And I was hanging with guys in the camp. I remember sparring and I was like holding my own. And here I was, I don't know, maybe 19. Um, So that was a moment for me that I realized, wow, like maybe I've got what it takes, you know. Um, And so I think it was moments like that that started giving me more and more confidence right before I I turned pro to be like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And I remember talking to family and friends about this idea of wanting to turn pro once offers came in. And a lot of people turned me away from it. They really were like, listen, you know, at the time I was studying finance at Notre Dame and they they wanted me to go into the business world. And rightfully so, they wanted to protect me. You know, you don't play boxing. <laughs> boxing <laughs> is a sport that you're literally risking your life every time you get in there. But um, I knew one thing at, at that time. I remember thinking to myself that no matter what happens, whether my first fight, I go in there and... and um you know, I break my hand and I never fight again. Or if I go to fight for a world title one day and become a champion, like I knew at the end of the day, I wanted to go to bed at night knowing that I went for it. I knew one day I'd be a hundred years old, lying on my deathbed and think back to myself, do I have any regrets? And I never wanted that, the pain of regret. And so I just kind of went in. I had no idea where it was going to lead to, but I was like, you know what? At the end of the day, when I'm on my deathbed, I'm not going to regret that I said, I'm going for it. And I just, little did I know that it turned into what it turned into 10 years later. Um, but that was kind of my mindset. And that's what made me like jump in the deep end, so to speak.
0: Absolutely. And I think a lot of people, they they always worry about what can go wrong. But, you know, you'd be surprised at how right things can go as well. So you kind of have to give it the equal comparison. as like, yeah, this can go wrong, this but this can go right. But the main thing you'll know in the future is you'll be disappointed if you didn't go for it. So I, I love that. You mentioned the pain of regret. Now, there's also pain in the doing. And I'm sure boxing has taught you a lot about with, with, with like kind of going through that, going through the training, going through the pain for a set for certain outcome. And of course, in No Rain, No Rainbows, we talk a lot about adversity that people face in their lives. And I've said before, and especially 2020 has exposed it, you know, life is going to test us one way or another. We either prepare ourselves for the test or we take it when it comes. What have you learned in boxing in terms of dealing with that rough training regimen that you've applied in your real life? Something that our listeners could probably take to heart within their own lives.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I just described to this ideology of like get knocked down seven times, get back up eight, you know, and it sounds cliche, but there's so many analogies with boxing um, that I've attributed not only to this crazy year 2020, but just life in general and all the, the pain and struggles that I've gone through, especially with um, you know, being diagnosed with autoimmune disease midway through my career and that almost completely ending my career and life as I knew it. But um, it was just this, this idea of you got to get back up, you got to get back up kind of a thing because um, I always grew up watching my idols in the boxing ring. And so often the fights that I loved and the people that I loved seeing in the ring were the ones that got knocked down and got back up. You know, people forget Muhammad Ali had losses on his career. I mean, Floyd Mayweather is incredible and everyone turns to the point that he's, you know, undefeated. But my idols growing up were guys that had losses and still won and guys that got knocked down on the mat and got back up. That's what I idolized. I mean, that's what like why we love Rocky. You know, it's because he gets knocked down to the mat and he gets back up. So that was kind of the one thing that I, I realized from boxing. And I guess a mess, message to your listeners or anybody listening out there is that, like, no matter what you're going for, the greatest who've ever done it, guys like Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard, they, they've all touched the mat. They've all got knocked down so hard that they couldn't get back up or at least thought they couldn't back, get back up. And they did. So when I hear that those other people of that, you know, nature did it, then I'm like, man, okay, maybe I can do it. I can get back up too.
0: Yeah, so absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about is, is getting up when you get hit in the face because life will hit you in the face. Um, you, you mentioned the autoimmune disease and that coming, coming through uh, midway through your career what was battling that like? And cause I've shared on the podcast before, uh, my journey with the autoimmune disease and, and being hospitalized from it. And, and the scariest thing was never wanting to go back there, never wanting to be hospitalized again. And, and mm. wanting to always kind of be aware of my, my energy, my positivity, the environment that I find myself in, because I know how much that can impact me internally. Uh, what was it like battling that while going through your career?
1: Yeah, it was it was tough because it was really like multifaceted for me because it wasn't like I just got sick. For me, I felt like my entire life and identity was taken away from me because oh, yeah. as an athlete, if your body's not going to perform, you're done. And so often you feel like a victim in that sense of like it wasn't my choice to be out of the ring. It was like my body's choice. So I was, you know, 12 and 0 undefeated on top of the world. Um, I just had a big fight in the garden. And then all of a sudden I started getting sick in 2013 and we had to cancel the fight. Next thing you know, I spent almost two years in and out of hospitals, Um, a couple stints there. I was in the hospital for like 12 days straight. Um, It was just my immune system started shutting down. And I know you dealt with this too, where you feel like you're young and immortal and on top of the world. And then all of a sudden it's taken from you. And it's not only physical, but it's like mental. And then you're thinking, what's wrong with me? You know, is this going to be the rest of my life? It feels like a life sentence. And then that starts making your immune system and body worse because the stresses you're putting on your body. So it's like this never ending cycle. And finally, I think you reach a point where you're like, enough's enough. I got to figure this out. And I started diving and researching things that doctors weren't telling me about, like natural ways to heal myself. And you know, little things like whether it was started meditating every single day, started cleaning up my diet, which was massively important to help my autoimmune issues. Um, Whether it was using infrared saunas, I purchased one from my home and used it almost every day because there were a lot of studies showing how infrared sauna helped with autoimmune conditions. Um, I just kind of took my health in my own hands basically Mm -hmm. and ended up getting back in the ring. I had nine more fights uh, one to eight in a row. So I got diagnosed in 2013 or sorry, 2015 after two years uh, uh, with the autoimmune disease known as ankylosing spondylitis. It affects your lower back. But generally for me, I, I really feel like it was more of uh, just a general inflammatory disease. I would have a lot of flare ups. I'd get skin rashes, daily headaches, um, you know, flare ups where I couldn't get out of bed. And I, I felt hungover. I wasn't drinking. I, I didn't know why. So it was the darkest time of my life, man. I was on a bunch of different medications. I was on antidepressants, anti-anxiety medication. I was just completely depressed, man. Everything I loved was was taken. And um, I really had to crawl uh, and and dig deep to get out of those hospital beds and slowly get back in the ring. And I remember that first fight back. My first fight back, my 13th fight after being out of the ring for so long, uh, was one of the greatest wins I ever had because I fought another undefeated fighter. We fought on NBC, a national television in Philly. And I knew why it was so important to me. Like other people didn't necessarily know, but for me, I was like, if I win this fight, even if I never win another fight, I'll be happy because I proved to myself on those days when I was down and depressed and damn near suicidal that like, I can get back here. Like I can do it even if I don't fight again. And so when I got that win, um, it was so huge for me because it showed me like, wow, you did it, man. It took everything you got and you're still in pain, but you did it. So don't give up. Cause man, there were days that I, I was close to giving up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that was ho- so huge what you just said and, and kind of like that picture you just painted. I hope our viewers and, and the listeners picked up on that because you just mentioned before about how the greats have all touched the mat and, and here you are going through your darkest time midway through your career and and having that comeback, having that foot back in the ring, that win after that hiatus from the wi- the ring, it comes around full circle. And kind of having a similar experience with autoimmune disease, being in the hospital. I don't know why I thought it at the time, but it got to a point where, like you mentioned, you're you're thinking, okay, my body's failing me. I don't know what to do. I'm getting a CAT scan, talking to surgeons. And at one point, one night, for some reason, I started thinking to myself, like, If I overcome this, this is why I'm great. If I overcome this, this is why I'm great. If I overcome this, this is why I'm great. I just started saying that to myself, saying that to myself to the point where when I got out of the hospital, it was like a promise to myself of like, okay, now you have to change. Now you have to put those things in. And it's almost like when life brings us to our knees is when we really start discovering who we really are. That's when the kind of internal uh, greatness within us can really come out talk to you talked about the health journey and kind of doing research on some of the things that doctors didn't tell you at the time i think it's so important for us to take our health into our own hands as you mentioned uh what was that journey like and i'd like to kind of discuss that as it's i'm sure it kind of led to the the co-founding of
1: soul cbd yeah you know i i think the greatest doctor you're ever going to have is is your gut your intuition you know i mean Western medicine has been incredible and done incredible things for many people. And there's a place for it for sure. But um, I just got frustrated because we were going all over the country, all over the world, like searching for answers. And um, it's tough because, you know, I I just knew in my gut, there were other answers to the constant prescription medications I was being put on. I was on eight different at one time, I think. Um, So for me, it was kind of just like turning over every single rock. You know, so the one thing I will say is like everybody's body's different. So whether it's a diet, a fitness program, uh, medication, um, there's not one answer for anybody and there's never one thing that cures it all. Right. So it's always a little bit of a lot of different things, but I will say my mindset was huge. I realized and a lot of people with autoimmune issues, um, note that they'll get flare ups or a lot of, um, issues surrounding stress. So for me, I think my entire career I was in fight or flight so much, um, in and out of rings. You know what I mean? And I'm sure like you on camera, it's the same, it's the same feeling when you get that fight or flight and your body doesn't know am I running away from a saber tooth tiger like back in the day? Or, you know, am I gonna die? What is this? So all those same uh, chemicals go through your body and those stressors really start to hurt your immune system. Some would even argue that, you know, it causes autoimmunity and Um, It could be the thing that kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. So anyway, I started discovering all this different stuff that started helping me personally. CBD was one of them. Um, CBD became something, CBD knows cannabidiol, comes from cannabis or hemp. Um, I started taking all CBD, no THC, because I was getting drug tests at the time. So I, you know, because of all the fights, so I couldn't, I couldn't have THC in my body. Um, But CBD acts as a natural anti inflammatory. And it's something I saw as really low risk, high reward. There's uh, no toxicity level to CBD, so you really can't overdose on it, which is incredible. Um, you can't even say that about Advil and Tylenol, right? And yet you walk down the street, you can grab a bottle right now. Um, so for me, it was low risk, high reward. I started taking it. First of all, it started helping with anxiety. It really started slowing things down for me, calming me. Not like I just took a Xanax, but like just. I started noticing I was calmer, and then from there it started helping with pain um, and helping me sleep. I mean, even to this day, I have sleep issues, and I take you know CBD and melatonin. So after a while of taking it, I was like, man, I I want to spread this message. So my sister and I co-founded this company, Soul CBD, uh, about two years ago, and it just took off like crazy, man. It um we're helping thousands of people with all these different issues and it makes me really happy. And, you know, I think we were talking earlier about I always say pain is a gift and I think that all this pain in my life has opened up so many doors and changed me as a human being, man. It's made me so much more of an empath. It's made me so much more grateful and appreciate things that I never did before. And it helped me launch this company and I'm helping other people. I've met people because of this. So um, and I know you ascribed to that too. Obviously, the name of the podcast says it right there. That you know, if you can look at these tough times and pain as a, as a gift um, and turn that into a positive, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think creating Soul CBD was um, a direct reason or a direct correlation from that pain I had um, to you know this company and helping so many people. Um, yeah. So you know, here we are. I love it,
0: man. And, and that's really what it's all about is I, I heard someone talking about, you know, our struggles aren't for ourselves. Our struggles are for how we could help somebody else. And I always have to give credit to a guest we've had previously on the podcast who kind of completely reframed my thinking. He was a psychologist and he just said, you know, you know sunshine is great, but sunshine doesn't help the flowers grow. It's the rain that helps the flowers grow. And, and a lot of us look for a life of all sunshine and rainbows not understanding that we grow in the rain, we grow in the storm, and that's where the development truly happens. And and that's kind of what this, this podcast is all about. And you mentioned that health journey and your ability to kind of go through your story and what you've been through and then share what you've learned with the world. I think some of the best businesses and the best ideas come from an idea that first started out of necessity for the person that started it. And they say, hey, this is how I figured it out. Maybe let me throw down that rope and help you guys climb out of the hole also. I know Mm -hmm. you mentioned about some practices that you've done finding that, and I want to talk about more about Soul CBD in just a second, but some of the practices, you know, being going, been going through the autoimmune disease myself and some of the things I do, I mean, I wake up early in the morning, even though my alarm goes off at 2.45 in the morning, I always break out time to meditate. And my fiance thinks I'm crazy. My friends think I'm crazy that I can literally sit down in the corner of my office, 2.45 in the morning and, and, and meditate for 15 to 20 minutes at least. But that's been one of the practices I've used to kind of calm my body, get, my, get ready for the day. You mentioned melatonin, some of the supplements that I've taken. What is your routine like that you found that, that serves your body best?
1: First of all, that's incredible you wake up that early. That, that must be for the, for the morning news, right? It, it's necessity, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, because you're crazy. Um, yeah, I mean that's incredible. Mornings are rough for me still to this day, so that's why I say that. I, that's one thing I'm continuing to work on with my health. Um, meditation's huge, man, and I know it seems to be you know all the buzz right now, which I'm happy about. Um, the one thing I will say I noticed for me that I never heard from other people meditation seems so intimidating in a sense, because I was like, how am I going to sit down for 30 minutes, an hour, 45 minutes and do this? What I do is I like little micro meditations. And I really do that because I'm so busy throughout the day or I have trouble. Like, you have a lot of discipline to do that that early. Like, that's amazing. To be honest, sometimes I don't have that kind of discipline. I have the discipline to get it done, but I don't know with my day when I can do it. So for me, I'll do like maybe a 10-minute meditation here or 15-minute meditation here and then another five in the afternoon. So it's a way for me to kind of calm down. I just use like the Calm app or maybe a YouTube video or I'll just listen to the sound of the ocean and just do some deep breathing, like maybe six seconds in, six seconds out, Um, it's not rocket science, so it's whatever works for you, but I like those micro meditations that, that definitely helped me a lot. Um, and then diet nutrition, I started working with nutritionists, started working with functional medicine doctors, people that looked at things holistically, um, you know, more of that like integrative health. And so, um, that really helped me because we started taking different blood tests, seeing what, I, um, you know, what markers I was inflammatory for what I wasn't and kind of changing my diet a little bit um and then obviously the cbd um infrared saunas i mentioned cold tubs so that uh hot cold contrast i think is incredible um and really works for me um yeah i mean there's a, a million different things that i think i've done that at the end of the day were low risk high reward yeah yeah absolutely and
0: you you're, you're kind of just describing the biohacking you
1: know and yeah. it's
0: it's it's kind of i think a lot of people um they they kind of look at these general outputs and they apply it to themselves. But what you mentioned earlier is everybody's different and you know, what works for one person might not work for the other. So that's great doing the blood work, finding out what you're inflammatory to and what you're not. Cause the main thing I found when I started looking for diets was different foods impact people differently and mm-hmm. there's no one straight blueprint on what to follow. So I encourage anybody listening, anybody watching, you know, start paying attention to your health. I even, you know, started off keeping a food journal way back when, when I started getting, okay, eat broccoli. That's not good. You know, eat spicy food. Okay. That's a no, no, but I could eat, uh, ground beef. Okay. That's in the middle column. So definitely a lot of things that people can learn through biohacking and kind of just learning their bodies and learning how things affect them and applying it to their lives consistently to change their health. Uh, as you're going through building soul CBD uh, and you mentioned how it spread like wildfire. And I know we have a lot of listeners who are entrepreneurial, who have business ambition and ideas of their own and wanting to start things of their own. I'd love to kind of learn some of the lessons you've gone through while building a a seven figure business, which congratulations on that, by the way, but what are some of the lessons and and challenges that that you experienced you and your sister as you built the company?
1: Yeah, so many. Um, you know, first of all, we we've had uh, a couple businesses in the past that we've tried. This isn't our first entrepreneurial endeavor um, that we tried and failed and lost money. And so, uh, you know, it's one of those things that once again, you get knocked down, you get back up. Like that's entrepreneurship to the to the T or anything. Whether you're doing your own podcast or there's going to be two steps back, one step forward. You know, it's just a constant back and forth. Um, but The one thing I learned going from a professional athlete, I guess, to, you know, full-time entrepreneur and and CEO of the company, um, is how important people are. And there's this term EQ that goes around your emotional intelligence. I learned how important as we built out this team and started hiring more and more people, how important emotional intelligence is. So, so often when I'm looking at people to hire, um, I'm not looking necessarily at their resume. Yes, that's important, but I'm looking at their emotional intelligence and I love asking questions and understanding how they react in times where they were down, how they in life, in business, whatever it was. I mean, even you mentioning all the struggles you went through as a young guy, 23 years old and how your mind shifted from that. Like I could, take that ideology, take you and plug you in any scenario, right? So I I think, not to say skill sets are are not important, but I learned how important EQ was um, over someone's skill set. Because if someone has the emotional intelligence and passion to do something, they'll find a way to do it, even if they didn't already have that skill set. So I ended up hiring people and why we grew really well that fit into that mold and were willing, had very high emotional intelligence and willing to work with others and learn and not have an ego, um, that served me so much better than hiring someone maybe that had a much bigger ego, maybe a bigger skill set on paper, but just wasn't going to fit into the mold and character of our organization. Does that, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's, uh, as you're building a team, um, I mean, I'm not sure how many people saw the movie Moneyball, where you, they kind of completely go a different route. Where it's like, okay, who can get on base? And it's it's kind of taking something that might be a minuscule stat, but they're finding the quality that produces the outcome. And what you're kind of describing right there is like, listen, you could have a team of all stars that have high skill sets, but if they don't know how to work together, if they don't know how to work as a team, and they can't be a unit, you know, this car's not going anywhere. So it's finding how, I mean, hey, I might be able to take what my skills are, adapt them to somebody else's skills, and as a unit, operate better. I think 100% um, very, very much applicable to anybody looking to build a team, looking to, to kind of multiply themselves and and build a company. Um, the people you have and, and the team you have is is, is so, so important. Coming up towards the end of the podcast here. I always love to talk about the rainbows that our guest is going for chasing and, and a little glimpse at the future. What are some things you're, you're working on now, aspiring to that might be coming up here in the next few months, a couple of years?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really hoping to build a brand, help more people. Um, I, I want the next chapter of my life to be about helping human beings. Right. Um, so for me, it's it's growing the business, but when we get testimonials, that kind of lights me up right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go, go through pain, you love hearing that you've helped someone. Um, so doing more shows like this where I can connect with human beings and hopefully offer hope. Um, so that that's really what I want to do. I, I also think, for me, that's a great question. I, I need to get more strategic in my specific goals because it's so funny coming from being an athlete my whole life. That's all I knew, right? So I knew I want to be world champion. How do I work backwards? And then you come out of it and your entire identity shifts. So for me, it's kind of like getting better at asking myself those questions of like, what exactly do you want? And let's work backwards. But a very general, what do I want is just helping more people. Cause I, I love that feeling, man. It excites me. And, um, I miss, I miss being in front of people in person. Like that's a huge thing for me, especially as an empath, man. I, I miss speaking to people. I've spoken all over the world now at this point. I've been so blessed to be able to do that. And now with COVID, it's like all the, you know, everything is virtual. And so I miss that human connection of being able to help people. And so I'm really hoping 2021 allows me to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to seeing you on on a world stage. I look forward to being in person, watching you on stage at some point, hopefully uh, when this whole pandemic wraps up and stuff like that. Uh, Mike, I appreciate the time. I appreciate the, the, the knowledge and everything. And I want to make sure that I give the watchers and the listeners a way to, to follow you, contact you and, and, and keep up with things that you're working on. How can they do that?
1: Yeah. So, uh, my Instagram is at official Mike Lee. Um, come shoot me a DM. Um, I actually just had a few people yesterday that read an article about my autoimmunity that asked me about some questions that we were going back and forth. Hopefully I helped them out. So, yeah, you know, reach out to me let me know if you have any questions. And then the CBD company is SoulCBD. Um, it's at mysoulcbd on Instagram, and that's also our website. And, um, yeah, just uh, happy to help. So please reach out.
0: Definitely. And I'll be sure to have all those links in the show notes as well. So anybody listening right now on their iTunes app, they can open it up and uh, hit those links. It'll take them right to those channels. Uh, I just want to run by some of the things that you said along the podcast to recap some of the value that you dropped, because I mean, you started off with the, the story of eight years old, getting into the ring, going three rounds and your father say how proud he was of you. And that's just a message to the listeners at home. Don't quit. I even put out a post earlier today about, Hey, learn how to rest but don't quit. You know, a lot of times life can bog us down, but it's really what we do in those moments that expose who we really are. And then maybe I've got what it takes. I think we need to kind of notice where we are in life sometimes, get that confidence and really apply ourselves to, to putting in that effort, putting in, putting in the time, putting in the practice into our craft to get to that next level. Because if we don't really kind of tell ourselves we have what it takes, I think we hold back a little bit on the commitment that we give and um, got to get back up. I love it when you said, you know, some of the greatest or the greatest have all touched the mat. And that's so true. I've had my dark days. You shared your dark days. I think it's, 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 it goes with the territory. We're all doing this thing called life. The rain's going to come. The stores are going to come. And of course, the best doctor you're going to have is your gut. And then you get knocked down, get back up. Just a few of the nuggets Mike dropped during this podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And Mike, as always, thank you, man, for the time. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate Pre- it. Appreciate it too. And just a reminder to the watchers and the listeners, please, if you enjoyed this episode, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, let us know how we're doing. And if you're really loving this, we'd appreciate you sharing it with a friend if you think they can get value from it. And we also have a Patreon page where you can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. There's plenty of ways you can support and we appreciate every single little bit of it. As always, as we say at the end of every episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to CamaraderieCowork.com or hit the link in the show notes. Find out how you can lock in your space with Rage Starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.